And welcome to That Other Gaming Podcast, where we take a look behind the scenes of virtual reality, online gaming, streaming, and for this bonus episode, behind the scenes of the MetaQuest Gaming Showcase. I'm Lisa, a tech comms manager at Meta and recovering academic, and I sat down with our very own Ruth Bram to talk about her expansive career in the games industry, from her beginnings making horror games to hosting this year's showcase. If you haven't seen the showcase yet, you will definitely want to check that out first. We have a link for you in the show notes, so head on over there if you need it. And we'll jump right into this one, so enjoy. Hi, Ruth. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's great to see you again. Thanks for having me, Lisa. Yeah. So to kick us off, just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got your start in the games industry. I'd love to. Let's see. Well, I was attending Stanford back in 2014, working on my undergrad and graduate degree. And I was studying human-computer interaction, Mm -hmm. the social-psychological side of designing smart interfaces. So I did a lot of lab work and studies in the um, Chime Lab, which was all about autonomous vehicles and their smart devices. And I was simultaneously working in the VHIL Lab, the Virtual Human Interaction Lab, and doing experimental studies, more so on the educational side of things. And uh, I remember attending one class from Jeremy Balenson um, about virtual people and the f- potential future of VR. And it did not include gaming or entertainment. It um, was very educational and focused on ways we could learn about humans and how they interact with technology. But I was just fascinated by it, so much so that the next day I applied to Oculus, no joke, for literally anything. They did not have anything in games per se. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I just knew that I wanted to be at the company. And my first interview was at GDC at, I think, Lazy Bear in uh, San Francisco. It was a very casual interview. And um, they walked me around to different people and said, hey, do you want an intern? Do you want a contractor? Do you want a full-time person? This girl has this type of experience. She comes from Stanford. She probably knows the most about VR out of any of us. Um, especially on the content side of things. And uh, I found my start in publishing. And since then, I've helped grow a three-person production team to, I think we're now 31 people, mostly producers. Wow. Some engineering and tech ops leads, admins. We're a very diverse, unique group of people who have honestly, but humbly, uh, pioneered what VR is today with Oculus and our hardware. Awesome. And you've also (laughs) got quite a background as a musician, right? Like touring and opening up for the likes of Sting. What was that like? (laughs) Well, um, I feel two ways about it. I, I look at that time of my life, which spanned roughly 10 years. And Mm -hmm. I think, 
wow, I had some really unique life learning, incredibly fun, chaotic and stressful, but awesome experiences. And two, all the chaos, all the hustle, the highs and the lows helped me build some really tough skin. (laughs) So when I stopped all that and I went to college and got into games, funny enough, I had to go through an entirely new learning curve all over again and that this industry throws on you. But I love the hustle here. I love the people around me, the developers we work closely with, the incredible games that we're making or have queued up to be kicked off soon. If there was any time to be in VR, it's it's now. Um, so out with older, been done before industries and in with creating something new, you know, building the metaverse. This is This is what I want to be talking about for years to come. Awesome. So let's switch gears to the MetaQuest Gaming Showcase. Congratulations on a successful event. This was the second year in a row that you've hosted. What lessons learned from last year did you take with you heading into this year's production? <laughs> uh, so much. Um, it all comes together at the end. <laughs> Trust the process and be ready. So that's actually my daily intent, in fact, to be ready, like at the starting line to do what needs to be done when you're called to action. And I know that doesn't come easy for for anyone, really, not even me, but uh, you got to practice, practice builds confidence. And I mean, just thinking about it all, I love doing these sorts of things. Like this is my wheelhouse. And as a woman in games, like I'm so grateful for these opportunities and that meta trusts me to represent an incredible group of diverse game developers. I think, you know, overall, I was more relaxed this year, Lisa. Like, I mm-hmm. already had an idea of how things would go. I had gotten to know the director pretty well before I got to the set. He was fantastic to work with, uh, Daniel Ryan, just a true master at his craft. And we pulled off a great showcase. Yeah, and the showcase today spanned a dozen titles. What was it like coordinating with so many developer partners on an event of this size? (laughs) Well, we had a lot of announcements this year, as you know, Mm -hmm. more than last. And it really takes a village to pull something like this off. The comms and the marketing teams did most of the heavy lifting, like in arranging for all of these announcements. So I owe everything to them. They they did an incredible job putting it all together. I focused my time on the games themselves, like mm-hmm. familiarizing myself with the titles that I had played two years ago or a year ago that are now launching sequels, which is awesome. I also focused on making the script my own, like mm-hmm. telling a compelling but quick and engaging story about each of these games and what we're all excited about over here at Meta. Oh, and oh my God, it was so fun being able to chat with, chat live with Quill, like huge Mm -hmm. fan of us with Moss Book 2 coming out. Like, I'm so glad that Quill and I could make those announcements together. Yeah, definitely amazing that we were able to have Quill doing ASL in the showcase. Yeah. Uh, So which of today's announcements are you most excited for and why? Well, um, I don't know. My goodness. I have to like... I have to take an unbiased approach to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I was pretty close to some of these teams on the production side, you know, and I I don't want to play favorite. Yeah. But to tell you the truth, like the main thing I'm most excited about is to hear what everyone who watched the showcase thought about the announcements and what got them excited. Like we have so much good stuff that is launching today, this month, this 
this next month, this year, even like, Mm -hmm. I want to know what people want to be playing so that we, so that we know what we want to keep building and how to keep surprising everyone. Yeah, we saw a lot of speculation after the Save the Date announcement went out on social, Mm -hmm. and it'll be interesting to see the reaction and reception from the community. I can't wait. It's going to be fun. So aside from the gaming showcase, you've also been a keynote speaker at Connect several times. What's your favorite part of working on events like this? Oh, it's the team. It's you. <laughs> I, I've been working with you for years, and I've just absolutely enjoyed every moment that I, I get to talk with you and work closely with you. But, you know, it's it's the people that make it work. Um, and I get to hang out with them, and I get to know them better. And everybody, you know, tries to make sure they that I have what I need to do my job well. But I also like to get in the weeds with everybody, too. Like, it's it's no secret that we have a genius script writer who can put a vision to paper lightning fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but, hey, I like to get in there and noodle around, too. I've got to make it personal. I've got to make it sound like me. I do research. I play the games. I ensure I have, like, the right pronunciations. I fact check, ensure mm-hmm. we're representing the devs thoroughly and accurately. You asked about my favorite part, though. My favorite part is when we go live and mm-hmm. all goes quiet <laughs> and it's time for the conversation with the audience. Like, that definitely is my favorite. So what do you see as the biggest challenge working at the intersection of VR and games or opportunity? Yeah. Um, well, I we've come a long way in establishing best practices, VR best practices, and We've documented the hell out of them. But one of the biggest conversations we're still having is how do you get this to work in VR? Like, how do you make the game comfortable? How do you get your games to look visually stunning and crisp? How do you teach players the controls, but also allow them to quickly jump in and start playing without going through long tutorials? We have a lot to learn still, Lisa. And I think, you know, we'll probably be discussing all these things for years and years. Absolutely. And so what do you think has been the biggest change or advancement in VR games over the last seven years or so? Oh, this one's easy. Like our hardware, like Mm -hmm. our hardware has gotten tremendously better. I started with Gear VR and, you know, where you plugged a phone into the device and that was, that was the end all. That was the cool thing. And and it still is, in my opinion, I'm like, oh, my God, how cool is it? How far we've come. But I was responsible for developing games with eight to 12 month development cycles that we could have day one launch titles for each new device. That's a crazy, insane, fast cadence to be launching new games and new hardware. So, um, you know, we had a new product launch every, I think, 12 to 18 months or so for like five years in a row. So the learnings were countless. and. Now we've got developers who are 100% dedicated to VR. Can't say that year, like three years ago. You can't say that eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we have first-party teams, a number of first-party teams that we've acquired now who will be making VR games for years, You know, hopefully to the point where my son can play their games when he's old enough. Absolutely. And where do you see the industry heading in the future? I mean, you mentioned hardware. We teased Project Cambria (laughs) Connect. So there's some exciting things on the horizon there. But what else? So, I mean, it's no secret, Lisa. We are building the metaverse. And our goal is to have people connect from anywhere 
and be able to represent themselves however they want. You know, we have Horizon Home now, we have Horizon Worlds, Horizon Workrooms. That is a huge Kickstarter to where we want to be heading in the future and how we want to help people connect with each other. Um, Games is where it's at, though. I mean, we're building tremendously massive games with strong solo narrative campaigns, but also games that have um, a compelling social engagement. We want people to, you know, come in and use their devices daily, mm-hmm. jump into the headset, get into a work rooms, do a little bit of work and then say, hey, Lisa, like, do you want to go play a game together? Let's let's jump in, you know, and we can do it just like that. We don't have to to get up, get in our car and drive somebody somewhere for 40 minutes to do mm-hmm. it. It's all starting with with games. And I'm so happy to be on the forefront of all that. Absolutely. I know like five or six years ago when I first started um, at then Oculus, Jason Rubin used to love to say that people are the killer app. And I think <laughs> we've really seen that hold true, especially with like Population One and its success um, over the last couple of years. And I see more games um, incorporating avatars too. I mean, we now mm-hmm. have 3D representations of ourselves. I use my 3D representation on Slack, on Twitter. I love it, you know, and I can update it as much as I want without worrying about Photoshop or a new filter. (laughs) And so I can more effortlessly join in and hang out with my friends whenever, however, and do whatever. Um, So I'm just so excited to see what's to come. Yeah, definitely excited to see what comes next. Yeah. We talked about this a little bit at the top of the interview, but wanted to drill down a little bit more. Um, You got your first taste for VR working in Stanford's Virtual Human Interaction Lab. What was that like? Yeah, I mean, well, here I was at Stanford eight years ago studying something that no one else in the university understood that well. Like all my peers thought I was doing something cool, but they didn't know what VR would become. And um, I may have said this earlier, but like I was actually working on educational research studies, not games Mm -hmm. and entertainment. Um, And those studies were kind of surrounding like identifying how people react and engage when they're speaking to each other in VR as avatars even, you know, that look like them and how it could be different when they're looking like somebody else. Um, Some studies looked closer at our behaviors and whether certain experiences and things we learned in VR, like about pollution, for example, would apply Mm -hmm. to how we operate in reality. You know, like, would we litter less or would we litter more or the same? Who knows? But no one knew that we'd be doing gaming or entertainment in VR like we are today. And so I... I'm so happy. Like I got to help start all that when I got to Oculus. I got to comb through numerous gaming pitches and source new devs to create the first of its kind experiences for our device. Uh, And I had to convince devs that this was actually a thing that they should be believing in and don't go for the money, go for the new. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So for me to now be standing on a stage doing the, the gaming showcase here, and announcing like the coolest games of our time, like that is just so humbling and so awesome. You've been in the industry quite a while and I know it's kind of being a parent, it's like being asked to pick your favorite child, but do you have a favorite game that you, or project you've worked on in the past? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I 
got to work on so many things. I first started with horror. That was my first look into games. Um, and I did Dread Halls. And that was the scariest thing ever because mm-hmm. I was not a horror fan to start with. I became a horror fan. So now I can play Resident Evil 4. But honestly, I'd have to say that first one was my favorite because it taught me the steps of about how to become a good producer. It taught me what I need to look for. It showed me what early VR looks like. And it helped me build my my Bible of VR best practices. So, you know, honestly, I think all of us go back to our first, first of everything. Like, it was the best teacher. And mm-hmm. for that, I'm always grateful. So one thing we ask a lot of folks who come on the show, what are you playing for fun these days? Well, <laughs> I just had a baby last yeah, year. Yeah, in your infinite free time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's still under one, um, but his name is Bruce. And when I'm not in headset playing and giving feedback on the games I produce or oversee, I'm playing with my newest launch. <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you, he's quite the gamer himself. Like, Lisa, he runs circles around me, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> or crawls. He crawls circles yeah. around me. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure he keeps you on your toes. But no, I mean, my husband and I love to play games together. So we're always looking for fun co-op stuff. And we mm-hmm. uh, like the last co-op game that, well, not the last one, but like the most recent one we're playing right now is It Takes Two. And it's such a sad story, but it's one of those games that we're not at each other's throats, you know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like upset at our play styles. So I have a very different play style from my husband. My husband's a hardcore gamer, maybe even more so than me. But sometimes he gets really pissed at me for other games that we play co-op because I am sitting there analyzing the game, thinking about how they did this or that. Mm-hmm. It's my job. It's what I do every day. He's like, no, just play it. Just play it and get it done with. Come on. <laughs> Hurry up. <laughs> um, but I love It Takes Two. It just We just clicked when we started that game. Like, no fights. It's not like an overcooked, you know, where he's getting mad at me. It's- <laughs> But no, this one is such a good game. And it, man, it's won so many awards too, but I highly recommend it. Awesome. That's a great recommendation. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. So we covered a lot of ground, which is excellent, but wanted to open it up to you in case there's anything you want to add, anything we didn't touch on before. Yeah. So I I am not just about games and, and then doing these showcases. And, uh, you know, I... I've been giving back to our community for years and years and years. And even before I was in games, I used to, of course, I was a musician, as you know, but I used to like tour schools and talk about music education and how to how to stay in school by, you know, embracing music and Mm -hmm. learning music theory. And um, with everything that I did throughout my career, when I got to Meta, I was always looking for ways to give back and do something different and, and help people who don't have these opportunities to be in tech or to know more about tech. And I helped found one of our BRG groups, one of our business resource groups called Mm -hmm. RLEDU committee and it's changed names a few times but now we're the RLEDU committee and basically our objective is to develop curriculum and programming to help students from 
diverse socioeconomic backgrounds um, gain better insights into various tech and non-tech careers. And hearing and be able to hear about all these personal career journeys from meta employees, um, achievements and successes, but also like trials and tribulations. And we've been partnering with um, hackathon, Girls Who Code hackathon organizers, Girl Scouts, Destin for X, which is like a week-long camp that brings students from lower economic backgrounds and minority groups to um, Facebook, to LinkedIn, to to Twitter, to um, to Apple, to learn from people in tech, to encourage these students uh, to study STEM, to become something that they didn't think that they could become in the first place. So I do a lot of these types of events um, and, and recruit volunteers from throughout Meta Mm -hmm. to participate and volunteer. And I love this so much. Like, honestly, Lisa, like it's one of my highlights of my time at Meta to be able to have this platform and um, be able to pursue this and give back and share the love with students who need that mentorship and who need that guidance. So um, if I could add anything, I would just add, you know, whenever you're thinking about yourself, always try and think about somebody else too. And and that's my motto. Every time I, I do something like these gaming showcases, I'm always thinking, okay, well, I did this, this was for me and this is for our developers. This is this was awesome, but now I want to go and do another hackathon mm-hmm. for, you know, for a, for a high school or um, do a leadership event for the Girl Scouts. And I am. And anyway, just wanted to share that. And I'm always looking for people to help and volunteer and um, support. So, hey, if you know anybody, please send them my way. But um, just to to add one more thing, super humbled and thankful to you and to David for having me on the show today. I'm, I'm a huge fan. I've, I've listened to every episode. So thank you so much for inviting me. Inviting oh, you're me this was so much fun. You're so sweet. And I mean, we're a huge fan of you. When we originally were planning the show, you were at the top of our guest list along with Jason Rubin. <laughs> oh, yeah. Amazing. And for the volunteer work that you're working on, I know I've helped support it on social and on the blogs before, but I'm always happy to volunteer. So. Yes. Oh, good, good, good. Well, yeah. I have our Girl Scouts <laughs> event is next um, we're going to, we're going to host at least one event this year, but we always do an annual event with them. So I will keep you at the top of my list. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Ruth. Really appreciate you coming on the show. Appreciate you, you taking the time. Um, this is huge. I think our community is going to really get a kick out of it. Thanks so much, Lisa. I had a great time. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you again on May 12th with more interviews from our favorite developers and producers in gaming. 